I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about the United States v. Nixon. So grab your tapes. And let's get civical. Everybody. Hi, guys. Uh, thank you for coming back. <laughs> Lizzie was texting me the other day and she said, you, I, Arden, I can't believe people keep listening, people keep to, listening us. to us. It's literally it's 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 wild. Uh, when I like meet people who are like, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> That's <so> Why? <laughs> thank you. Because it just feels like it feels in a great way, just like, just so just for me, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I do this purely for myself. And I think that's how you have to do all artistic endeavors or right. else like, you know, it'll just be very sad. This is, I feel like this little child that we have created and raised is just for us. Listen, I was at a party on Friday night and people are like, what are you up to now? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing this podcast. It's really fun. Da, 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 da. This is what it's about. 
Really, it's just a two-hour stand-up experience for me because I get to watch Lizzie Stewart <laughs> exist as a human being. <laughs> just like have meltdowns, uh, breakdowns, and just be down. And then up! And then up! And then I'm, she brings it in. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just, it's sort of, you can listen to my uh, me spiral mm-hmm. for 45 to 55 minutes every week about any given thing. But today mm. I'm going to spiral about, can you even guess? So I just want to preface this by saying, we decided we wanted to do a Supreme Court case. Yep. That's what we decided on. Yep. Arden didn't tell me what she was going to research. And and so I found out like two days ago when she sent me the notes and it was the United States versus Nixon. And I felt <laughs> as though it was my gift that this was my, this Merry was my Christmas. Christmas present that we're going to talk about you. I was like, because I was racking my brain. I was thinking we're going to have to do citizens united yeah and i was like oh i don't want to do citizens united right now because yeah it makes me just it's so heavy. angry it's heavy and then you gave me the gift of united states versus nixon this is a really good one it's so much fun yeah we love this case yeah okay so i'm just i'm i'm excited to jump right in because i mean i'm i'm beaming from ear to ear <laughs> i really i because I didn't, it didn't even occur to me because i forget I forget yep. that sweet, sweet baby Dickie Nixon mm-hmm. went all the way to the Supreme Court. He and did. the Supreme Court was like, Dick, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. No. Look at your life. Look at your choices. No. Go. Go. Direct quote. Direct quote. And, and I love them for it. Berger this himself is, said, yeah. go, go, go. Go, go, go. Goodbye. Yeah. Don't let the door that's very large hit you on the way out. <laughs> I know that because I have a very large it is door. Incredibly, guys, I have knock, knock, ding, dong on that door, and it is large. <laughs> but that's not the door they send you through. They do send you like around. Yes, no, that's the like side. the ceremonial door. It is the ceremonial door that one day I will walk through as a justice of the court. But it is not this day. No, not as this day. But anyways, just just lay out lay out some some facts for us about United States v. Nixon. Okay, so this is what happened. Before this is like what led to the case, mm-hmm. which is the Watergate. Watergate scandal. hashtag. Get a towel. It's Watergate. It's Watergate. <laughs> so a brief, brief, brief history. Seven men broke into the Democratic National Committee's headquarters, located in the Watergate complex Just in one, D.C. Like, quick, quick thing at the top. You're gonna say there are no women. Seven men. <laughs> women wouldn't have gotten caught. Women would not have. They might have not have done something so stupid, but they also, if we did decide to do this, would not have gotten caught. No, no, no. We would have done it. Seven right. men. This is all. This is one of those cases where I'm like, this is the product of men. <laughs> this is the product of men. This absolutely from top from tip to toe is just stupidity of the male species. Yep. It's like what? the hubris of, of like I, thinking you could do this. Right, and this is not. We're not talking about Watergate. This is just giving details but just why seven send two and i don't know send what two of your best they were trying to like bug it and like they i think they had multiple things they were trying to do I but for whatever like, do it over multiple days seven right. people obviously is gonna draw attention that right. is a lot of people it's there a lot are of people. three people in this room right now and i'm sweating because <laughs> it's full it's full it's not like it's i'm just like don't or let's say okay let's compromise right send five yeah, they sent a lot. Seven they is a lot. They sent seven. That's it's more than less than ten. It's more than half a dozen. Yeah, that's more. That's it's it's a half more baker's dozen. Than I have in my house right now. <laughs> were sent into the DNC to steal shit. I'm like, when have you ever heard of something where you're breaking in and there's seven people? Right. 
No. No, it's not. Watch a movie. It's, it's clearly. It's all it's three or less, always. <laughs> and one of the people is probably in the van. Take a cue from Home Alone. Oh my it's god. Two people. Any any bank heist movie. There's never more than three. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, I just had to get that off my chest where I was like, already yeah. this is an idiotic <laughs> enterprise where it's seven men breaking into a national facility. Oh, my God. Being like, oh, we won't get caught. We'll just use flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. I can't get over it. Anyways, okay. So that's bullet point one. Fuck me. Okay. So um, these seven dudes were indicted by a federal grand jury, and President Richard Nixon was named by the grand jury as an unindicted co-conspirator. Clearly, all roads lead to dick. You know what I mean? In a way that's really poetic. Yep. Ah, oh, I love, I mean, I don't love Nixon, but I love Nixon in yeah. this way. And just everything we're about to talk about. Yeah. He tried. He's, got, he's, he's he went down. He was not going to go down without a fight. Yeah. And that man fought. So Archibald Cox, who had been appointed as a special prosecutor to invest, investigate the Watergate affair, obtained a subpoena that required President Nixon to deliver to the district, the federal district court, tape recordings of his meetings with various assistants. So they Shout knew that like. Yeah, so they knew that he basically, like, when be- when LBJ was there before, LBJ recorded, like, some things. Mm-hmm. Like, he would turn on some recording machines. And so they, they knew that, they, knew that they were there yeah. and that Nixon was, he recorded a lot more stuff. Like, yeah. he would just leave the recording machines yeah. on. Yeah, I so they wait knew to talk about it, yes. That, like, this, that, that there were tapes. There were likely yeah. to be tapes. Yeah. And he knew that, that there were various conversations that he had had with, like, his chief of staff and right. other advisors and assistants. And there's, again, seven people involved. Right. Odds are you probably talked to one of the seven. And, like, right now we're talking about Trump and a phone call to one individual. Imagine there being seven people. Well, that's the thing. And these, like, you know, like, this is coming from somebody. Yeah. Like, there wasn't seven men who elected on their own to, like, oh. It's Thursday night. Dude, we're gonna go break. They're like all drinking at bar, being like, "Do you guys, guys want to come?" Hey, sorry, I just um, I just kind of got an idea, and I just feel like, what if we just went and broke in to Watergate and just stole some files and bugged? I don't know. I've watched a movie before, like, and then we just, and that's it. Who wants to go? One, two, five, six, seven. Okay, we'll have to drop it at seven. But but Chris, <laughs> if you want to meet us here after, it'd be great. You know, like. Yeah. No, it was. That's my impression of the seven men who broke into the DNC. Shout right, out to them. Which is highly implausible. So you know from the get go, like somebody's. This is coming. This is an order coming from right, somebody else. Right. This was an organized effort. Right. The president released as a response to the subpoena. He, subpoena. He released certain edited versions of the tapes <laughs> to the public. He's like, Mom, and redact this shit. I don't Did know. he use Hindenburg? <laughs> I would love to know what he edits on because editing is really hard. Editing is really hard. As the editor of this podcast, I have to say I would love to know what Nixon used just to kind of compare notes. Seriously, that is a good question. But he refused to yield to the full transcripts to the district court. So I think what they were giving them was not like, we're going to cut this audio. It was like, he, well, we're going to talk about this, but his secretary, Rosemary, like, had transcribed a bunch of the tapes. Yeah. And so what they were giving in response to the subpoenas were the transcripts of the tapes. Yeah. Were, yeah. I mean, I'm like, you know, shout out to Rosemary. Don't trust her. You know, like. Yeah, she's, no. We're I'm gonna, like, you're not going to mm. give me transcript from tapes. You're going to give me the tapes. Yeah. I just feel like they're like, Dick, what are you talking about? No. Yeah. Give me the tape. Yeah. I'm not, not going to take the transcript. Come on. 
It's also not great audio because hi, it's the seventies. Sure. Uh, and it's like under the desk or wherever. It's not like sure. it's not like you know they've got a Sony like interviewing you know eighty dollar recording microphone that you like pl- nicely right. sitting on the Oval Office. It's desk. not. They did it's not like, record at Kill Room Studios here no. in Brooklyn, New York. No. <laughs> Both Archibald Cox and the president filed special petitions to have the issue heard immediately by the U.S. Supreme Court. So. Yeah. Yeah, so Archibald, Archibald Cox was like, no, you're going to give me all of the tapes and yes, the transcripts. Archibald. And the president was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and they were like, great, we're going to go to SCOTUS. We're going to go to mom and dad. Yeah. And they're going to decide. And they're going to And tell. in this case, because it's the 70s, we're going to go to dad, 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 and dad. Yes. Which are the nine justices. There, are, there are nine justices, but only eight of them decided on this case oh, you're right. because you're Rehnquist right. recused himself. He did. Like a good like a good civil servant. Yeah, he was like, I can't do it. And then we're like, okay, great, then don't. Yeah. Then don't. Because he had he had been a part of the Nixon administration and so he uh, I recused honor. myself. Anyway. Let's talk about the tapes. So between I love this. This is my favorite fact. Between February of 1971 and July of 1973, President Dick Nixon secretly recorded three thousand seven hundred hours of his phone calls and meetings across the executive offices so that's one thing i just want to point out that he chose to record his stuff right thirty seven hundred hours i'm just over here being like dick don't do that yeah yeah you like to do it i know i'm like you chose to do this i'm like i would never record anything and i am a nobody but i just feel like you're the president of the united states we're all human. You're bound to say something shady. Yep. Don't put it on record. No. Don't put it on record. Nope. But it's so, I don't know. I just feel like we're in this position because he was like, I know this will be a great idea. I'll just record everything. And this won't backfire at all. No, this is going to be a perfect this is idea. literally only a man could think this way. <laughs> only a man could think that 3,700 hours of clean audio is possible. Right. Mm-mm, no, thank you. Alexander Butterfield, one of Nixon's White House aides, told the Senate on July 16, 1973, that President Nixon, quote, had been using a voice-activated tape recording system for all Oval Office conversations. What? Yeah. I know. I just feel like, Dick, stop recording. I just feel like this is so... Stop recording. There's nothing like, like... All of this stuff with Trump is like... It's secret and there's like, you could look at it a couple different ways and whatever, but this is very cut and dry. They're not even denying that like the conversation happened. They're fighting over the tapes. Yeah. They're fighting over it. Like if he has to release the tapes, which are the the tapes. Yeah, it's crazy. To give some backstory. Since Truman, presidents have recorded some conversations, but Nixon's habit of recording everything was unique. Yeah, yeah sure. I get everything. it. You want to record some things? Fine. That's fine. I mean, I personally would record nothing. I never put anything in writing. I'm j- because you know anything can you know, yeah. come back to you. But I just feel like you want to record everything. everything. Dick, you're the president of the United States. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm shady. But like, don't don't do that. No, no, don't no, do no, that. No, no, no. If I was his advisor, I'd be like, Dick. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Mm -mm. This is really bad for us if you (laughs) put this on tape. You know? It's the 70s. It's the 70s. Don't put anything on tape in the 70s. It'll just come back to bite you. Okay. Two days after Butterfield's revelation, 
the taping system was dismantled and the tapes put under the custody of Nixon's chief of staff, Alexander Haig. Yeah. Uh, but this, okay, I'm not going to do this after every bullet point, I promise. I just love these facts. If I have 3,700 hours of tapes that are potentially damning, or just like, honestly, if I have 3,700 hours of tapes, I'm not putting them under somebody else's control. No. Give me the tapes. They're going under my mattress. They're going in the safe <laughs> in my home that I own yeah. with my birth certificate. They're going in that safe. I'm not giving them to Alex. To Alex? We gave the tapes to Alex? No. No. You're the president of the United States and you're giving your tapes to Alex? That's not even an improv. That's what happened. <laughs> That's not even I know I make up names all the time, but Alex has the tapes. No. No. I would never, and I don't mean this, I'm not saying this to attack you, Arden, but I would never give anybody my tapes. Oh, no, 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 no. And I know you wouldn't let me give you your tapes. Also, Alex was not a friend. No, Alex not like, a friend. Yes, Mr. President. Alex well, should have been like, was- dick. No, put it in your safe with your birth certificate. Well, he gave them to him because he because they also implicated Alex in this whole scenario. Sure. Alex then knew because there were full conversations with Alex. He was the only other yeah. person that like. So he maybe could Alex was just acting in his best with. interest. Where he's like, okay, fine, Dick, I'll take the tapes because right. this, this is bad. Burn the tapes, Burn. Alex. Burn the tapes. They're literally tapes. They like are ribbon tapes. I They're know. burnable. But yeah, I was like, Alex, burn the tapes. Yeah, we got to burn the tapes. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) Archibald Cox, the special prosecutor and the Senate committee overseeing the investigation, quote, both issued subpoenas for some of the tapes, but Nixon refused to comply, claiming executive privilege. Have we heard of this before? Executive privilege? No. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Executive privilege is the right to withhold information from other government branches to preserve confidential communications within the executive branch or to secure national interest. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, no. Dick. Sometimes it makes like sometimes it makes sense. Like sometimes it makes sense. But it's thirty seven hundred hours. Right. It's not all national interest. No, 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 no. Yeah. Agreed. Among the tapes at issue was the June twentieth, nineteen seventy two Nixon. Halderman meeting that happened on the morning after what the Watergate break in. Oh, Dick, you mean to tell me you know that they're breaking into the DNC, right? Yeah. He knows that this is happening. He's a part of it, right? And you're going to have a recorded conversation the morning after? Dick, go play golf the morning after. Do something. It's incredible to me. It's incredible to me that he literally was like, I'm going to keep recording right. after the break. Um, what? I don't know. This is, this, is a, this is a man's world that we're living in. <laughs> okay. On November 17th, 1973, the White House informed a federal district judge, quote, that the 18 and a half minute Nixon-Halderman conversation of June 20th, 1972 had been erased. Yep. White House counsel Fred Burr Buzzhart told the court that he had no explanation for the erasure. Guys, just don't, t- just don't record. I don't know. Is that, is that what this episode title is? Just don't record. Just don't anyway. record yourself saying things that are super incriminating. Literally just don't record. Kids, don't, just don't record. As we sit here in front of microphones. As we sit and record. <laughs> okay. 
Nixon's secretary, Rosemary Woods, took the blame for the first five minutes of the erasure. Rosemary, no! Don't let them do this to you! Claiming that when she reached to take a phone call, her foot hit a pedal on the recording machine she had been using to transcribe the audio, inadvertently causing the tape player to, quote, record over the tape's original contents. Okay, Rosemary, wait. Okay, okay, wait. Arden okay, wait. has been teasing so, me this whole I really, time. So we're going to post this picture on Instagram. Guys, get ready it's, for this. Like, listen to that explanation and then, like, go look at the picture. So they they had her, you're going to read some more about it, they had her do, like, a reenactment of it. Rosemary, no. Okay, so this she's going to show me a picture. So this is what she is claiming happened. happened. Okay. No. <laughs> no, show producer Kate this. What? That she's reaching? She's reaching. Rosemary. That she like, and she was reaching and had her foot on the pedal and she reached so far to answer the phone? Yeah. That she erased it. That she erased it. Rosemary, they did you dirty. You didn't deserve this. They were like, take the fall. We'll buy you a yacht. We'll buy you a yacht. (laughs) Also, her name is Rose Space Mary. Yes, capital M. Which I thought at first was a typo in the notes, but now I realize... That's how she spelled. That's how she spelled. Okay. Yeah. Rose Mary Woods. Okay. Yeah. Rosemary, all I have to say is I'm sorry that you got dragged into this reenactment. Yeah. That's bad. Guys, you have to go to our Instagram and look at that picture. And we'll do a poll. Could Rosemary have erased the tapes in that posture? My answer is no. No. Okay. So after this, reporters were called to the White House to watch her perform a reenactment, as we you will see posted on our Instagram. And the photos of her performing a tremendous stretch, which she supposedly held for five minutes. Five minutes? Yeah. Come on. Did Rosemary do yoga? Show me the, but also, show like, me the receipt. Is- to answer the phone <laughs> is like the gigantic stretch. Sure. And then once you answer it, you go, you to go the back phone. to your, like you bring it you bring to your bring the phone, ear. you go to the phone. You, you don't sit stretched out in that pose. No. For five minutes, Rosemary. No. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Moreover, the particular tape recording machine does not operate the way she had claimed. Oh, Rosemary. Simply pressing the foot pedal to record would not initiate a recording unless the play button was being manually depressed at the very same time. Because it's the 70s. Because it's the 70s and you have to like literally like pull a lever and press a button and like, you know, like give a fingerprint and it's just a whole thing. Poor Rosemary. I know. You look. You look silly. Okay. So basically, everybody found out that Nixon was lying about the tape and mm-hmm. covering something up. Basically, yeah. yeah. They were like, this it. all feels very suspicious. Yeah. Because it was. Because it was. Because Rosemary, hella this was suspicious. a very bad, this was a very bad cover up. Yep. Okay. Federal District Court Judge Sarisha rejected Nixon's motion to quash the special prosecutor's subpoena for the tapes. And Sarisha ordered that the tapes be delivered to him. Yes. Get it. Get it, Queen. Get it. He was like, nah. FedEx bring them those here. tapes. Bring them to me. Amazon Prime them to my doorstep. That's right. No signature required. He stayed his order pending appellate review, and the case went to the Supreme Court with argument on July 8th, 1974, and a decision 16 days later. Arden, tell us about the case. It was insane. Okay. Tell us about SCOTUS. Ugh. I go. mean, I can't get over this. This is the craziest thing. It's insane. Okay, so here's what happened. So the second special prosecutor, Leon Jaworski, 
because in between, so we had Archibald Cox, who we was did the initial Archibald. one. Where did he go? And now, so this is the big Saturday Night Massacre. Oh. Right, which I didn't put anything in here about that because it's like a whole other ordeal oh and God. really we're just focusing on United States v. Nixon. Yeah. But the Saturday Night Massacre where he fired, this, <laughs> Nixon fired the special prosecutor <laughs> and then like appointed this gentleman. Right. Like Leon. Leon appointed Leon. Guys, never appoint somebody named Leon to oversee your case with the Supreme Court. <clears throat> That's what I'll say. That's <laughs> what I'll say. Also, it's again, it's like, the fact that nobody at any point was like, hey, Dick, don't fire everybody yeah. on a Saturday night. Don't do that. It makes you look hella guilty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, who is your lawyer? Yeah. Who is in your cabinet? Yeah. Call someone. But that's why it was such a big deal when, when Trump fired Comey. Sure. And when they were like, when they were talking about, is he going to, is he going to fire Mueller? Yeah. Robert Mueller. Like, is he going to fire Robert Mueller? Like that's because pe- that those, those are obstruction. Like those could be obstruction cases. Yes. Like they're, they're investigating yes. what this president, they're investigating what this president did wrong. And if you fire the investigators, very suspicious. It feels like it's wrong. It's very and this suspicious. is after just like a, a whole, I don't know. I wish Nixon would have called me so I could be like, Dick, what yeah. are you doing? Watch, like, watch a forensic, like, obviously. You don't know about Law and Order. It's not on yet, but I'm telling you, watch oh one. Oh, my God. Watch one. Literally. Like, Mariska Hargitay gives a great performance, and then, like, but stay for the second half with the lawyers. Stay. I know. Oh, my Key. God. Key. Key. Okay. So, um, Leon is so uh, Leon, appointed. Leon, Leon is the new special prosecutor after the Saturday Night Massacre. He argued the state's case before the Supreme Court, along with his counsel, Philip A. Lacovera. Yeah. And James D. St. Clair argued on behalf of the president. So there were two people arguing the case of the states, mm-hmm. one arguing the case on behalf of Nixon. Great. The case was argued on July 8th, 1974. And like Lizzie said, was decided 16, day, 16 days later on July 24th. Associate Justice, like I said, we said before, William Rehnquist recused himself from the case because he had previously served in the Nixon administration. Sure, valid. Yeah. And so he didn't, he wasn't there. He wasn't present. He yeah. like had no input in writing the decision. Yep. Just like literally took a vacation. on the up and up. Yep. The essential question before the court was whether or not the president had like an absolute right to safeguard certain information using his executive privilege, confidentiality power, or if he was like entirely immune from judicial review. Basically like, (laughs) is the president the Pope? Is he infallible? I love love how he like the, the thing is they're at the Supreme court and the, the president's counsel is like, we have the right to be immune from all of this. Mm-hmm. All of you, all of this, the drapes, the the eight of you, this room, immune. I mean, and we they're are like, immune. what? No. <laughs> it is anathema that I'm here right now. They they're, they're like, like oh, wait a darn second. You can't be immune from us. We're us. We are the highest you court in the land. <laughs> I'd love that. Except it's all men, so it's more like, you don't understand. Oh, man. Okay. 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 Yeah, sure. Yeah, Yeah. argue it. Argue it. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. Chief Justice Berger argued in the court's opinion. So basically, it was an eight to zero decision against Nixon. Yeah, it was. (laughs) They were like, of course it was. Fuck you in a handbasket. Turn (laughs) over the goddamn tapes. It's like, they, they literally, I know that you're going to quote the opinion, but this is what it's really saying. Quote, Dick, 
Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. But dick, why did you record 3,700 hours? Like, if you record, if there was one tape, one tape, we could have, we could have been, we could have been there for you. But you got, you got several tapes. You've got, you've got a plethora of tapes. We can't protect you against that. And also, you decided to tape the day after? I feel like the Supreme Court was just like, you did this so poorly. And you've given us no choice. You are stupid when you do crime. You are a bad, you are bad at being a criminal. If you were a better criminal, we wouldn't be here right You're now. You're a D minus criminal. You get a D minus for crime. <laughs> do better, dick. So bad. Do better. Bad dick. Yeah. Bad, bad dick. And then also coming in here and saying, oh, we, you don't, we don't have an effect on you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll show you. I'll show you. Show you. Eight to zero. Eight to zero. That's big. It's big. Hand over the tapes. Eight Hand over the tapes. So Chief Justice Berger argued in the court's opinion that, quote, the president's broad interest and confidentiality of communications will not, in our view, vitiated by disclosure of a limited number of conversations, which have preliminarily been shown to have some bearing on a pending criminal case. Basically, they're saying just because you're claiming confidentiality and like you're like that doesn't give you the right to say that we can't have any of the tapes like no. like just because you're claiming confidentiality doesn't mean you have the right to like be a criminal. You know, like you like this still the, the criminal justice system has to work. Right. And because they're connected to a criminal case, like we're talking yeah. about like these people broke into a building. Right. And that is a crime. Yeah. Like I wonder and if you're they talking had... about the crime. Yeah, exactly right. I wonder if if they had tried to subpoena the tapes. Nothing has happened. They're just like we want President Nixon's 3,700 tape hours of tape. Just just for us. They would have been like, no, you can't have that. Maybe, mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. But if it's like we want a tape that's specifically linked to a crime, right? And Nixon's like, oh my god, no, <laughs> privilege right. executive. Heard of it? Immunity. Right. Been there? Been there. And the Supreme Court's like, no. no. Criminal case. Yep. You're a criminal. Yep. You're a crook. You cannot cover up a crime. You cannot cover up a crime. Weirdly enough. Weirdly enough. In the Constitution. Article 5, Section 6. It's not there. <laughs> it's the Part B. So Berger goes on to say, we conclude, therefore, that when the grounds for, assert for asserting of the privilege as to subpoenaed materials sought for use in a criminal trial is based solely on the generalized interest and confidentiality as distinguished from the situations where, at, where it may be based upon military secret or diplomatic secrets. It cannot prevail over the fundamental demands of due process of law and the fair administration of criminal justice. Okay, yeah. So because this is connected to a criminal case, mm -hmm. that takes precedence over any kind of executive privilege yeah. that you may enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. If you commit a crime, there's no privilege. There's a, but also they're not they're not saying that he committed the crime. If there is a crime. They're saying they're saying there was a crime committed. Yeah. The there there's sufficient evidence that these tapes hold evidence right. that can speak to that crime. Right. We're not saying anything about We're what Nixon had to do with the crime. the crime. We're no. just saying you have to hand over the evidence mm -hmm. of because it's related to this All crime. eight of us. I love it. Yep. The eight to zero really feels the good. The eight to zero feels so good. The court held that neither the doctrine of separation of powers nor the generalized need for confidentiality of high-level communications without, mo without more evidence can sustain an absolute unqualified presidential privilege. 
which is basically them saying what we just said, which is that yes. we are Supreme Court justices. We are Supreme Court justices. We're getting our JD and jurisprudence. We'll be on the court. So Berger then went on to say the court granted that there was limited executive privilege in areas of military or diplomatic affairs, but gave preference to, quote, the fundamental demands of due process of law and the fair administration of justice, close quote. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the president must obey the subpoena and produce the tapes and documents. So the court did not find that the grand jury naming Nixon as an unindicted co-conspirator had any bearing on whether or not Nixon had the right to refuse to comply with a subpoena to hand over the Oval Office tapes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even that they completely separated the two. Like yeah. it wasn't like just Nick, because Dick, this is not about you. It's not about this him. It's not about you. This is about your tapes. Yep. This is just about your tapes. Yep. We deserve your tapes. Right. Whatever you do, go with God. Yep. Okay. No malice. No hard feelings. No hard feelings, except you should resign. But except- no hard feelings. Dick, you're guilty. You did this of your own accord. So Dick, no why did you feeling. record? Why did you record? Did it, did the opinion end with Dick? Why did you record? Thirty seven hundred hours. <laughs> you know, in just... a two year sp- period. That's not that's not even the full amount that he recorded. It's just in like from seventy one to seventy three. Dick, yeah, yeah. Come on. stop recording. So while the outcome of the case was unfavorable to Nixon. <laughs> biggest understatement of the year. United, mm-hmm. St- United States versus Nixon expanded the power of the presidency. It was the first time that the Supreme Court acknowledged that an executive privilege exists. Mm. The court's decision thus resolved decades of controversy over the constitutionality of executive privilege, whether sure. it exists or not, and if it exists in practicum or in on paper, if it's constitutional. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, aftermath... The Supreme Court decision compelled Dick Nixon to turn over the tapes he recorded. I love that you refuse to call him Richard Nixon. No, it's Dick. (laughs) Dick Nixon. We're close. Let the record show that it is Richard Nixon that is typed out in the notes. And every time it says Richard Nixon, Lizzie has said Dick Nixon. Dick Nixon. It's the only time I get to do this. Come on. Don't yuck my yum. I'm not. I'm encouraging Mm -hmm. you. The Supreme Court decision compelled Dick Nixon to turn over the tapes he recorded of Oval Office meetings so that the special prosecutor could use them during the criminal prosecutions of former White House aides. That led to the release of the smoking gun tape that proved the president was intimately involved in the cover-up of the Watergate break-in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The smoking gun conversations took place from 10.04 a.m. to 11.39 a.m. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not. Okay. Okay, so... You're recording all of your conversations, right? Like, you are Dick Nixon. You're recording all your conversations. Uh You record the conversation where you're clearly involved with conspiring with seven men to break into the DNC, right? And then you talk about it for over an hour and a half? That should be a five-minute phone call, Dick. Like, how bad did these seven dudes fuck it up? I'm just like, an hour and a half? you have to spend an hour and a half talking about it. I've never talked to an hour and a half to anybody. No. I've never spoken to my mother for an hour and a half. You're going to talk about Watergate for an hour and a half? I think the first time I ever got my own like cell phone or landline, I talked for a long time. Sure. Because it was a novelty. It was but exciting. Like, it was new. We, it was but new. This but 3,700 is... hours mm-hmm. in. Not new. Not new. Not new. An hour, oh, for an hour and a half speaking about a crime. Yep. Dick. <laughs> Be better, Dick. Be, Be best. best. Be, be best. best. But yeah, be best, Dick. Oh, my God. For an hour and a half? No. Stupid. They're oh, just man. stupid criminals. And if they have the better criminals. that conversation, I want to be like, Dick, can we actually, like, can we just, can we 
stop talking about yeah. yeah. Like, you know, if it's in person, like, who is that? Or yeah. I'm going to hang Let's out. Go I'm going to call you from a payphone, dick. You know? Call, call me from a payphone. Like, mafia this shit, dick. Mm-hmm. Like, call him from a payphone. It's the 70s. It's the 70s. You know there's a payphone on the White House lawn? Anyways, okay. <laughs> President Nixon released the tape on August 5th. It was one of three conversations he had with Halderman six days after the, the Watergate break-in. Sorry, I'm laughing because it's one of three conversations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had three separate conversations. Uh, an hour and a half conversation. One of them being an hour and a half conversation. A Days after the Watergate break-in. Somebody send a letter, for God's sakes, that can be thrown into a fireplace. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Communicate in a way that can be destroyed. Jesus Christ! Okay, the tapes proved that he'd order a cover-up on the Watergate burglary. Shh, of course he did. Oh my God. The tape also reveals that Nixon ordered the FBI to abandon its investigation of the break-in. Oh, dick. After the release of the tape, the 11 Republicans on the Judiciary Committee who voted against impeachment charges said they would change their votes. It was clear that Nixon would be impeached and convicted in the Senate. Nixon announced his resignation on August 8th. So three days after he released the tapes, he announced, I am not a crook. I am not a crook. I am not a crook. I just a man who recorded 3,700 hours of conversation. It is amazing how his <laughs> jowls can manage to make that sound. Very loose jowls. <laughs> you know who else sounds like that? Mitch McConnell. He does. <clears throat> it's more in the throat for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> Dick, you are a crook. And, you're, and what's worse, what's worse is that you're a bad crook. Yeah, he's a bad crook. He is a he is a C minus crook. There are crooks who committed crimes that made their way onto unsolved mysteries, and those crimes have still never been solved. Oh my god, I know. And those criminals lived in a bunker in the woods. Mm-hmm. And this man is president of the United States and is the shittiest criminal. Really bad criminal. Really bad criminal. And it's it's all his own fault. Yep. Thirty seven hundred hours of tapes, Dick. All he had to do was be like, Alex, walk with me. Done. Alex, Alex, we're burning the tapes. And Alex would have been like, I think that's a not great e- idea. Not even burn the tapes. The minute Alex walked into that Oval Office door, or walked into the, not into the turn, little door. Turn off the like, recording. It, no, leave the recording on. You take Alex's arm oh. and you go, Alex, walk Alex, with me. Alex, I need some fresh air. Let's go outside. Let's go have a cigarette. It's the 70s. We're all Everybody's smoking chimneys. Smoking. Yeah. Okay. That's all they had to have. That's all they had to do. They just simply had to go for a walk. I love it. Okay. The day after the decision was reached, Anthony Lewis with the New York Times wrote, quote, in the institutional sense, the Supreme Court performed at its best in in this case. It was unanimous. It was clear. It was prompt, but not hasty. The opinion carefully touched every necessary legal base and said nothing about the unnecessary. And the opinion was by Warren E. Berger, whom President Nixon chose to be Chief Justice of the United States. Nail in the coffin. Yeah. William. William. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's how it's supposed to be, right? It doesn't, that's, that's how the Supreme Court is supposed to act. Where right. Like, it doesn't matter who appointed you or what affiliation appointed you. Right. At the end of the day, what is the law of the land? Right. What does the Constitution say? What does precedent say? Mm-hmm. 
That's what we decide on. It doesn't matter who it is. It shouldn't matter who it is. It shouldn't matter who it is. And I think, and I agree with Anthony Lewis of the New York Times is that this is right. Yeah. That it didn't matter that it was Dick Nixon. It, what mattered was precedent. What mattered was the law. It's like, yeah, dude, you got to hand over the tapes. Yeah, you got to hand over the tapes. Sorry, LOL. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then 12 days after the decision, the president made an abridged transcript of the tapes available to the public. <laughs> Stop trying to abridge the tapes. I know. He's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to cut this back. I'm going to, I'm going to edit it one last Do time. Do edit. And then 15 days after the Supreme Court of the United States 8-0 to zero decision, President Nixon resigned. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. This is also why when what's his face, Turley Tooley, the Republican constitutional oh, lawyer who sure. testified in front of the House Judiciary Committee and mm-hmm. Trump's impeachment hearing. Yeah, his one of his things was like it should go through the courts. First of all, it was a dumb argument. There's nothing in the Constitution, constitutional law professor that yeah. says anything and then impeachment has to go through the courts. Like right. that is patently stupid right but also it didn't work out so well for nixon it did not work out well for nixon i couldn't recommend going to the supreme court less for trump (laughs) i don't think it'll be good what history are you looking at let it go through the courts like these are not also yeah it's like you're right it's like that's not how impeachment is written to happen because also those motherfuckers can be impeached so like if the if the if the justices like the i don't mean like the supreme court justices but it you know and the way it's working this way now, it's going through the district yeah. courts. It's going through the court system for Trump. And if those people were to make a ruling that was based on political persuasion right. or whatever, right. and that was provable, right. they could be impeached. Right. So it's like, it's not advantageous for you. No. The courts well, have not been yeah. friendly to Trump. No. Not, no. A, not even just on this, but in, At all. in his policy, in his, yeah. his executive orders. Yeah. But also it's like how impeachment is written out. It's, you know, Congress becomes the court. That's right. how it was like. That's I'm how not saying intended. that's like how it's supposed to happen, but that's how it's that's, that's how, how it's, it's intended. That's yep. what our boys and Benjamin Franklin intended it to be. Yep. You know, so it's like if that's what our founding fathers intended, my dear, that's what it is. That's what it is. The Senate, the trial will happen in the Senate where the senators are the jury. Yep. John Roberts would be there. Overseeing. Everything that happens, you know, <laughs> like it becomes it becomes the court. It, it is w- not without judicial process, impeachment. No, no, it is not without. Ju- it's just. It's not. It's not. It's a within, different judicial it's a, process. It's a very different process. Yeah, that exists partly and not partly in the judicial system. Yeah, you know. Yeah, John is there. And John if, is there, and, and if there, the chief, if they do call. They call it a trial. It is a trial. It is, and it's a hundred jurors. It is one hundred jurors, which is more. <laughs> Than what normal normal people get. Yeah. Usually get 12. So it's 80. Yeah. Eight more. Than you usual. I did do, do the math. math. You were too surprised that I did that math. But yeah. So, wow. I love this case. Isn't it good? I love this case so much. It, it, you're right. It is just this moment because I often so, I so often disagree with the Supreme Court yeah. and I have such a tumultuous history with it. But in this case, I think we just handled it right. Because it wouldn't even feel as good if it was seven to one, right? No, the fact that it's eight to eight zero. Eight to zero, and clear. The chief, yes. Like, like the no. guy who like could have, you know, potentially, ha- like you could argue, would have been swayed one way or the other, yeah. recused like, himself. No, no. Mm-hmm. The chief justice was a guy who was appointed chief justice by, by the guy in question. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, right, this is every, like, 
there are so many opportunities where this could have gone wrong, but right. everybody was on the up and up. Right. When and the Supreme every- Court works, it yep. works. Yep. And it worked. And it worked. Because Nixon was guilty. Yep. So very guilty and also so bad at being a criminal. And that's that's the takeaway here, really, is that it's like, kids, don't record yourself for 3,700 hours and expect to not get impeached. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. that. Um, I just want to say that a lot of this stuff came uh, from PBS. We want to cite our Oh, my sources. God. Yes, PBS. PBS. There was an extra kind of like PDF publication that they did called News for Students and Teacher Resources. Oh, my God. That love. I come from. Love. Great. David Koppel from the Washington Post wrote a great piece. Uh, so some of this has come from that. Watergate info or Watergate.info. <laughs> Excellent source. Thank you. Also, NixonTapes.com. Yes, Excellent source. They also, NixonTapes has like all of the, it's so great, but NixonTapes is like all of the, like the actual tapes. Like they're like the biggest source of Nixon yeah. tapes, which I didn't realize they like weren't really all in one place. No. <laughs> Except, I just, one thing I'm curious about, um, what do you think Nixon wanted to do? Like, what do you think was the dream? I don't know. That's such a great question. If anybody knows what they think, or if anybody has any guesses of what they think Nixon's dream was with these tapes, right? let us know. Because I'm just like, okay, you're recording this for a reason. Right. And you're recording everything for a reason. Like, were you trying to put this in, like, your presidential library? Was this your legacy? Like, why? 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 And what did you think? Like, at what point did you think this piece of audio would be a great piece of audio? That you would want out anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. It's not like you, do you want it playing when people walk into your presidential hey, library? It's not quality. It's not quality content for you. Oh. No. Yeah. Um, the other uh, journalist that I want to shout out to is James Homan from the Washington Post. Oh my God. Thank you, WAPO. Yeah. So appreciate those you. are our sources. Guys, that's our episode on United States v. Dick. And I <laughs> love it so, so much. It has been very fun to talk about it. Such a surprise, such a gift. Arden, thank you for surprising me with this. Of course. Very excited. Guys, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us, you can review us, and you can hashtag subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.